Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Chelsea 2, Real Madrid 0. We have our second finalist decided for this year's UEFA Champions League, and we have a lot to look forward to and dissect on this episode of the Gangapod. We'll also look at a massive day for Chelsea as they close in on the Women's Super League crown after Sam Kerr's brace against Spurs. We'll look ahead to the Europa League semi-finals on Friday and another big weekend in the Premier League where we expect more twists and turns in the top four race. So much to talk about. Let's get stuck into it. So now we know the Champions League final is set. Manchester City against Chelsea in Istanbul. It's an all-Premier League encounter between two sides in unbelievable form. David Wiener with you once again to run through Chelsea's triumph over Real Madrid. Joined again by all-star trio John Aloisi, Michael Bridges, Thomas Sorensen. Well, could have been easier done for Chelsea today, but in the end, the 2-0, it's hard to say that was anything but a fair result. Yeah, I think... The only thing Madrid could say was the Benzema chance or two chances in the first half. If he scores, you know, potentially they would have a chance in the tie. But um, after that, you know, Chelsea were, you know, in all facets of the game, defensively, transition uh, and up front were just sharper, uh, more disciplined, quicker. Um, and, and yeah, well-deserved. It should have been, as the game sort of progressed, it should have been a lot more. It could have been four or five. So Madrid uh, probably lucky to escape with only a 2-0. You were hoping for a Madrid City final, just for a bit of spice, Bridgie, but it's hard to argue with uh, what we saw over the course of 180 minutes. Yeah, no denying it. Chelsea, like Thomas says, were absolutely magnificent in all aspects. Um, defensive shape, the we talk about Real Madrid not playing well. I just thought Chelsea's game plan was magnificent. They set a trap, how they got numbers back behind the ball. They waited for Kante and Jorginho to win the ball, and then the counter-attack with um, Werner, Mount and uh, Havertz was spectacular to witness. And not only that, Pulisic then came on the g- at the end and got an assist for a, ga- a goal. And I just thought all round, you've got to say, they were well-deserved winners. And Real Madrid, John, going back to home, surely Zidane and they're going to get criticised for a couple of things that he plays he played well, and well, the performance. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, and we and we questioned it before the game, was, uh, you know, is Sergio Ramos going to be fit enough mm. to start and, and how is he going to go? Uh, we spoke about maybe they're going back to a back four. That's what we thought. And then they went to a back three and it didn't work. It didn't work in the first leg, mm. and uh, let alone the second. And also, uh, you know, I actually think that um, Hazard wasn't ready to start. You know, Hazard hasn't played a lot because of injury, and so he will get questioned already. Yeah. Dave, you saw in one of the main papers in I Spain, Marca. What love was it? having a quick look at Marca just after a game. See what the 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 Spanish journals are saying. And it was Benzema, not Benzema. Hazard and Ramos did not deserve to play in the semi final. Not only that, Hazard was seen kind of after the game 
not celebrating with the Chelsea players, but his ex-players, he was. You he know, wasn't when hurting. He when wasn't you hurting. get beat, you should be hurting. And yeah. I just think it was too soon, uh, and it was in the wrong place to be doing it. Look, look, uh, I've got nothing wrong with talking to the you know opposition players he's after a game. Joking, though, John. Yeah, yeah, but the, the, the thing is, Bridget, this is how some players deal with disappointment. They, you know, they they got a different way of dealing with disappointment. It might seem that he's he's not hurting. He would be hurting. Of course he would be hurting. He went to Real Madrid to win the Champions League and now he's, he's the club that he left to go in the Champions League and he's not there. The, the thing is, though, and we spoke about it off-air just before, was do it inside the changing room. Do it in the tunnel. Do it where people can't see you because it will look bad and it does look bad because people will question it. Mm. People will go, well, Hazard doesn't care. And, and just like we're doing now. You mentioned uh, Zidane choosing shape. Why didn't he change it? Why did he stick to it? What was he? He obviously went try to go man for man, but it wasn't working, and they never got out of that one pace. He was scared of the pace of the opposition, and they were still getting caught out because of their shape. Uh, I, I think he was he was desperate to play Ramos because Ramos is a leader. He's the leader of that team, and he needed the cover with the other two centre backs around him. And I think that was the biggest thing. But even in the first league, he was he was just worried about Werner's pace. He was worried about Pulisic. He was worried about Havertz. And they still exploited it. They, they, they still, because they were getting caught, not when Chelsea uh, were in build-up or in possession, they were getting caught when they were in build-up because the two centre backs went really wide. Cruz would drop in. And when they did lose the ball, they were very spread. And Cruz, that's not really his position. He's not quick enough to, to follow the, the likes of uh, Werner up top. And I think that was the main problem, exactly Cruz, because he was dropping in that you know, half space, more or less in the back line. And, uh, and, in and in then, that left-sided position. Yeah, the, and then... Yeah. Tactically and, and uh, you know the way they were attacking, Cruz wasn't an influence. Um, it left too much for Modric to do further forward, and and again they lost the ball in transition. You know Cruz was out of out of position. It just opened him up down the middle, and and I think that had to play with a four. I think you could push push Cruz further forward. Um, and and then you, you would probably create more chances. In the latest news developing is that Kant is being seen jogging home from the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Relief for Chelsea fans, he's not jogging to, to Milan to chat to Antonio Conte. I mean, let's talk about N'Golo Conte because we just have to marvel over what he's done over the last 180 minutes. You know, what more can we say about him? You know, he's clearly one of the best midfielders, especially in that defensive uh, area, but he's shown that... Um, he. When he's playing with another defensive midfielder, he's even better because he's able to get forward. The, you know, the, the, he was involved in both goals. Um, you know, he was creating chances, he was breaking up play. The, the, the first one was a brilliant turn uh, to get away from his defender, and then and then they set it up. And the second one was defending on that front foot. You know, intercepting the ball, and as soon as he does, it, it's the right way to pass the Pulisic. Just sensational with and without the ball. Two man of the match matches in his last two games for them. And what what was enjoyable for me and what made me laugh is watching the match itself and when the counter-attack came from Chelsea yeah. can't it just seem to come from the back of the screen to join in the attack and was it, he's just a roadrunner it's a, I used to watch that the program the roadrunner where he was getting chased by the coyote <laughs> this is can't you just I don't know it's he's, he, you marvel at his energy levels but you've got to marvel at everything else he does the the way he he pesters and harries you opposition on the ball the only other person I've ever seen as good as that, um, I've never played against Kante, was a guy that was a completely different stature, was Patrick Vieira. You would beat the guy, 
and then a leg would come from nowhere and he would win the ball and then he would take Arsenal on the attack. Kante looks like he's being beaten and then somehow he gets back. I just think he's a pure joy to watch. It's been interesting because what Tuchel has done is found a balance that same Mauricio Sarri and Frank Lampard could not. Jorginho is loving his football again. Jorginho, who we all think about as this pass master, he made more interceptions than the entire Madrid team at one point in today's game. And I wanted to ask you about that balance because one thing that I think... I've also run out of superlatives for N'Golo Kante and that's what that's my job. I love coming up with superlatives for people. He's the most likeable footballer in the world. If you don't he? like Kante, then there's something wrong with you because he, he's just so humble and he does his job to the most elite level but the only thing I, I could say to maybe put into context is a little bit regret for him that for maybe for two years at club level he was played a little bit out of position or maybe he had managers that actually took his greatness for granted perhaps yeah per- perhaps um you know but you know he's still a, a world cup winner and uh you know potentially now you know champions league you know he won the premier league you know so he is he's right up there um you know you and again, I think the balance, you know, I think that's what Tuchel has done. You know, he's found that defensive, you know, structure. And, and, and from there, he's found the players then to, you know, to give that freedom up front. You know, Kante, again, you know, he's using that, that amazing pace uh, and change of pace. Uh, and he should have had a goal today. He was played through and uh, by a fantastic uh, challenge from uh, Valverde, yeah, I think. Valverde, yeah. You know, he, he would have had a goal. And, um, you, you know, so he got so much pace up front with, with also Havertz, with Werner. And then those players that can go from back to front as well. Um, and, and Jorginho doesn't need to, to, to do too much. He just needs to be that, you know, breakup player with Kante. But Kante can be transitional as well. How many minutes in the podcast are we, Dave? What are we up to? <laughs> Nearly 10 minutes. 10 minutes, and we haven't talked about a goalkeeper, Tommy. Men- Mendy, the saves. I'm going to let you have, the, have your moment here because in that time, Benzema, he's a, I think he's absolutely fantastic. He was the only shining light for Real Madrid. How important was Mendy's contribution? Yeah, but, you know, I mentioned it at, on, on, at the top of the podcast is they had that chance. Um, fantastic save uh, early. And, um, you know, just the footwork because... Benzema does really well. Yeah. He, 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 the, sh- the shot, not the header. Yeah, yeah, the shot, mm. and and he sort of gets it out of his feet very quickly. There's there's plenty of players in front, and he actually he reads it. He shuffles across, uh, and it's right in a corner, uh, and that could potentially have, have changed it. And we we saw you know yesterday Navas, you know with Maris, he should have done better, better footwork, and and on a better day, should have saved that. And who knows how that game would have went. So these small things do really matter. And, and I think Mendy has come in. You know, Kepa had problems in the past in, in big games. You know, that slight mistake. And that creates uncertainty in the back line. Mendy has, has been really, really secure. And, and that's why they're in the final. Thanks, Tommy. That's enough about goalkeepers. Aren't you, Dave Wiener? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to talk about it. We're not going to make that gag here again today. Um, other end of the field, uh, we've spoken about the little things that, that Thomas just mentioned, the fine margins. But there's big margins too, selection calls. And Havertz and Werner, Werner polarising. Everyone in world football is talking about it. But you know what? Tuchel's stuck by him. And he might, today he brought a goal. But even when he's not bringing goals, he does actually 
bring something different. And I think that bothered Madrid today. Yeah, it's just with his pace. You know, he um, not only when they've got possession and he's runs in behind and and when he's got the ball 1v1 because he can skip past the player, it's also when they were setting up the press or setting up that mid-third block, he was forcing them to good areas. And, and he does it with a purpose. He does it with intent. And, and that, that goes a long way. So, look, obviously Tuchel trusts him believes in him and I think that um, he's the reason why he will end up coming good again because there's one thing about managers managers are there to win football games obviously but they're there to improve the players as an individual as well and and he's doing that with the majority of his squad and that's a that's a great sign for Chelsea even with Havertz look at Havertz at the beginning of the first half of the season it was like oh he's going to end up going back to the Bundesliga he's not good enough for the Premier League now you're going oh this guy's he's one of the you know the starring players for Chelsea. There's a sense of togetherness is what I've seen from that team. The bigger picture since Tuchel has come in when Lampard couldn't handle the dressing room. The the players that were coming off Pulisic today, how you handle that to keep the mindset of that player not to come on and be upset that he didn't play. He had an impact, and I just think Tuchel and his team have given your team and Chelsea they have a whole. He's given them a, a whole di- new dimension. We loved that picture, didn't we, at the end when we saw Rhys James, Callum hudson Adoy, and Mason Mount celebrating. Mason Mount getting the goal as the academy product to put Chelsea into the semi-final. But I thought Schwartz made a really interesting point on the coverage. So you've got Pulisic, who probably wants more game time, but still comes on and makes a difference all the way through to, say, Azpilicueta, who was frozen out, playing right wing-back, being so influential, calming things down uh, when Ramos in, is involved. I want to ask you guys to, to conclude the Chelsea chat about the Tuchel influence um you know there is that quirk that he is no interim manager by the way he's no Avram Grant or Roberto Di Matteo he is there for the for the long haul to get success for Chelsea but um the impact he has made on this side uh since picking up a team that was ninth on the 25th of January pretty impressive very impressive um obviously we were were almost all lost for words there (laughs) yeah FA Cup final, um, you know, Champions League final, and and you know they still got a, a bit of a, a work uh, cut out for them to to make the the top four. Uh, they got a difficult run in West Ham on paper, have an, an easier run in. So, and they have Man City at the weekend. Um, but but again, the man management it just shows that managers like John will, will will tell you that you know if you got that experience, you know how to handle players. It, it can be make or break, and Lampard couldn't, and Tuchel, obviously tactical knowledge as well, but, but getting the players on board to buy in has been a difference. And look, we don't want to talk too early because um, it's a big month for him because he could still miss out on the top four, like Thomas said. He's got Man City, but he's also got Leicester. Um, they've got Arsenal, mm. so they, they've got a difficult run in. Plus, if they don't win the FA Cup final and they don't win the Champions League final, and they don't make the top four, oh, it'll be John, a different discussion John, altogether. you just completely killed no, the but, first but, 20 minutes of the Yeah, but you, you, have to, you have to be realistic. It is a possibility. And also, it's... Uh, he said what? <laughs> <laughs> Love it, Dave. Dave, I know it's the, you're getting upset Always about it. Always look on the bright side. <laughs> but, but the thing is with Guardiola, he's already got one trophy in the bag. He's already going to win the Premiership uh, again, three out of four. Tuchel hasn't won anything yet, Dave. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll start to discuss when they win. Any listeners wanting a motivational speaker, do contact John Aloisi. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just regathering my thoughts after that change in tone on the podcast. But sorry, it, but sorry it's true. to put a damper because we, we would look. I, I think he will win. I think they'll win the FA Cup. Um, and, and I put them down. I know you probably go, you know, put your... Um, 
thoughts on the line, you would say, in terms of who will win the Champions League final? I actually think Chelsea are favourites. Oh, so after all that, we're, we're, we're well, Chelsea back where we back belong. There. there you go. What do we, what do we make of that, that final, then, if we jump ahead to that? And I, I jump ahead to that because you talked about all the challenges that Chelsea in particular have coming up, which includes City on the weekend. It, it is a pretty intense run-in that they've got. Can that help you, though? You're roused. You're up the whole time. City are effectively, I know they're going to have the party of winning the Premier League, but they are effectively waiting for the end of the month. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, and I think the getting the upper hand in that game is massive for confidence, for team morale, morale boosting, and also to see what kind of team we are going to see. Are we going to see a second-string City team that we saw at the Champions League, or are they going to go for it? Because they've got to win the title, they need the points. Chelsea, are, all, are the managers going to show all their cards? I, I, don't, I just don't know how, what we are going to get, but if you win that game, psychologically you've got the, the one-up, and Chelsea have got the one-up, obviously, after the... Um, FFA Cup, yeah. <laughs> the FA Cup mm-hmm. semi, yes. They'd, um, Chelsea and Tuchel would be taking a fair bit of confidence from that semi final. That was a pretty solid triumph. And uh, I do wonder um, how, I mean, we're going to have a lot of time to build up to this game, but early thoughts and early reactions of both sets of supporters, how would they both be feeling about this matchup? I think to be anxious, it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going it's to be very tight. They know each other really well. Uh, you know, very similar. Like, Good team, you know, good team effort from both sides, tactically well-drilled. Both defensively well-organized. And, and you would just think that it, it would come down to, you know, individuals. Um, the only thing I fear for for Chelsea is they've been wasteful. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at these two games, they're 30 minutes in Madrid where they should have buried the, the tie. Even today, it took them a long time to get the second goal where you look at Man City, they've been clinical. Whenever they've gotten chances, they've, they've buried them. Uh, and that's the only you know, worry I would have. Um, but again, Chelsea have looked immense defensively, so it's going to be uh, difficult for, for Man City to carve out chances. I've already said my bit, Dave. <laughs> hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Rightio, then give us an answer. It's a very early crystal ball look at this because there is just so much football to be played between now and then. But based off what we just saw, how are we feeling? You've said Chelsea? Yeah, I've said Chelsea. I'll, I'll stick with Chelsea. Of course, there's a lot of football and there's still a, a bit of time in between now and the, and the actual final in Istanbul. But um, I think that after watching Man City yesterday, who were very good, and Chelsea today, I think Chelsea are just... I think they've they've got that balance right. I, I know that Man City uh, defensively were brilliant yesterday, but it was more individuals, you'd say. Like Ruben Diaz was like outstanding in terms of making all those last-ditch blocks and, and all that. Whereas the Chelsea, could you even like say that Christensen had an outstanding mm. game? Or could you say that Rudiger was outstanding or Thiago Silva? They, they, they looked good. They did mm. their job. But uh, Real Madrid didn't even really create a chance. I was about to say Real Madrid didn't pose a threat. 
but Chelsea, like I say, they the midfield battle was won. Man City are a whole different concept. This is a a, a team that we talked about. Tommy mentioned that they're, that they're both very well drilled teams. They're not full of individuals like Paris Saint Germain were. They lost. They lost their way. I, I really fancy Man City in this in this one against Chelsea. I do, David, and I see the dynamics being able to pull players out of positions in Rudiger, trying to get Christensen to come out and then they'll exploit the space that they leave. Real Madrid was just one-dimensional. It was so predictable and they didn't really pose a threat at all. Well, what would have helped uh, Tuchel as well was uh, actually beating Man City and beating Guardiola for the first time in the FA Cup semi-final. All that time in Germany, I think it was six games, mm. he lost five and drew one. Mm-hmm. So it was important for him to get that first win over Guardiola. Mm. So now that would give him confidence as well. Yeah. Your city, I shouldn't even ask you. No, no, but of He's course, the, uh, the you know, I've, yeah, I've got Man City. Stick I had him all along, so uh, I'm going to stick stick to that. Um, but again, there's a fair bit of time, you know, a, a few injuries, um, you know, there, there's things that can throw a spanner in the work for either team. Um, but but hopefully we'll see that the stronger sides out there, and uh, you know, I still think that you know De Bruyne, you know, there, there'll be some individuals that's going to rise and I think they'll come from Man City. I don't want to get carried away from Man City because can you imagine if they lost the title now to Manchester United, they lost the Champions League final and they lost the FA. <laughs> What's happened to you? Bloody <laughs> hell. Man can we City get some positivity here? <laughs> Man City aren't losing the, oh, the Premier going League. down your track. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you know what, Enbridge, you'll be upset about this. Do both teams play without a number nine like a typical out and out number nine it's a you know is the number nine uh, strikers role going out the window John do not say that (laughs) we used to play with two strikers and then it went to one Didier Drogba totally changed the complexity of world football when he did such a good job up there by himself I was used to watching Shearer and Sutton do the, and now we don't even see the number nine. It's a dying species. Because when we were like uh, playing as well, that uh, as a number nine, you didn't really want to be getting kicked, you know, caught out in those wider areas. Stay within the width of the box. Now, Timo Werner, he, he just roams around, and you've got uh, City that play without a number nine. The number nine role is a dying the trade. Different is they. I never used to work when we didn't have the ball. I would switch off and just watch play going back towards the goal, saying, "Come on, batter you in the ball, give it to me and." <laughs> these de- these defenders, sorry, these Strikers, false nines yeah, now, yeah, yeah. They, they work, work their socks off. Yeah. Well, what helps? And that's a really interesting discussion point to talk about in the lead up to the final, but it helps when you've got a, a maestro pulling the strings. And I'll leave with this last little thought that as Chelsea boss, Thomas Tuchel has beaten Zinedine Zidane, Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, Diego Simeone twice, Jose Mourinho and Carlo Ancelotti, all without conceding a goal. Oh. So I take back what I said about that. They, they, they could actually lose... Um, on all fronts this season. They probably might win on all fronts. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, quickly before we move on, I mentioned, Bridget, that you wanted uh, Madrid in the final. Are we, uh, John, Zizou in charge at the start of next season? Yeah, it's a big question. um, And there'll be a lot to play out because if they don't beat Sevilla this weekend, and depending on the result, Atletico Madrid-Barcelona, they could go without winning the, the league as well. So if that happens... Yeah, maybe he might not be in charge. But the only thing is, who do they go get? Who who do Real Madrid go and sign as their coach? I think that Zidane is the best manager for Real Madrid because he knows the club inside out. He can deal with Florentino Perez. He can deal with the pressure of the media. He can deal with once the supporters come back in. He knows how to. And look, he, he's, he's a winner. He wins things. And all right, this season is gone without winning. He will have to revitalise that squad. I think they're a bit of an ageing squad. Do you not think he needs a break as well, Lord John? Uh, no, he did have a break. 
he, he did have that uh, that year off, and they come calling him back. But he didn't make a mention about Juventus. He, you know, he wouldn't mind going back to Juventus and, and managing them. So again, that depends on the yeah, yeah it depends on Pirlo. And that'll be if you love your off-field kind of paper talk. Madrid is the place to watch this summer, European summer, because of course, you know, the, the, it's an aging squad. What happens with Zizou? Mbappe, Haaland, Kane, we've spoken about all of that. So they are going to be one of the interesting talking points going forward. Hey, big day, by the way. I mean, I'm not just saying this because I'm a Chelsea supporter. It is the news of the day, of course, is that the Chelsea women's side uh, look like they are all... Look, destiny is in their hands. They, If they get the job done on the weekend, they will claim the Women's Super League. It means the first time ever you've got both the, the same club in the Women's Champions League final and the Men's Champions League final. And the beauty is, and I'll, I'll come to you, this John, on this, is that there's an Australian as the, the, the leading light, or one of the leading lights in a superstar side. Superstar side. Sam Kerr with a brace against Tottenham today. Yep, 20 goals for Sam Kerr in the W. SL. Not a false nine. A no, great number yeah, nine. Great number nine. And you and you think that uh, she'll win the golden boot. She's she's at the top at the moment. Uh, Niedermar's uh, two goals behind her. And look, it's it's just great because we've got one of the best, not only strikers, one of the best women's player in the world. Mm. And that just then we've got the Matildas, the Olympics coming up. We've got the Women's World Cup coming up. And I know that uh, we lost our two friendly games, uh, you know, recently conceding. 10 goals over the two games, which was very disappointing. I think with this side here, if we do not win now, I think it's going to take a long time to win. This is our golden generation and Sam Kerr leading from the front. So I'm hoping, and it's a, and, and she's in top form, that she carries that on into the Olympics, and I'm sure she will. And then we're a chance of maybe winning a medal. Yeah, yeah let's hope the momentum builds from that mid-year. She can bring that form into the green and gold, and who knows what we can do in the Olympics. It's a final day theme uh, to the WSL this weekend, Sunday at, at 11.30pm, I should say. Chelsea hosts Reading at 11.30pm. You can watch that simultaneously. It's Manchester City at West Ham. Manchester City two points behind. A great little rivalry forming there between the two clubs. And we will see where the chase. Chelsea will carry out their first bit of silverware this season under Emma Hayes, who's done an extraordinary job there. Speaking of silverware, the Europa League continues on Friday morning, Australian Eastern Standard Time, if you're listening to us on Thursday on your way home from work. Of course, Manchester United take a 6-2 lead to Rome. And Arsenal with a bit of work to do. They've got the away goal, but they're 2-1 down against Villarreal. Mourinho's definitely not taking this game. Maybe via Instagram, he's going to be starting to poke a few strings and make it send a few WhatsApp messages. But his shadow does loom large over this tide. But given that, the result is pretty much a foregone conclusion. Done and dusted. And I think the cloud of Mourinho there was small in being there as well. Mkhitaryan. Mkhitaryan. It's going to be, oh, the dynamics is going to be fascinating. You say watch Real Madrid. Watch what happens at Roma this summer. He's got a bit of work to do, though. Oh yeah, he's got a bit of work because Roma, uh, as as much as you know, you don't put them in the category of Juventus into Milan in terms of you know the financials and that. They expect to be in Champions League, mm. and uh, and it would be hurting him in the last couple of seasons that uh, Lazio have been in front of them. You know, they're rivals, they're main rivals. So Mourinho needs to actually overtake Lazio and make sure they make Champions League football, and he couldn't do it at uh, Tottenham. So can he do it at Roma? So a bit of work to do from a club that won their last trophy in 2008, as did Spurs. So he's, the clubs he's going out are slightly just going down in stature, but if he can work here and, and he loves Italy, uh, he might redeem his reputation. Speaking of redeeming reputations, Arsenal, Mikel Arteta, the stakes on Friday are absolutely, they're, they're enormous. Yeah, because they've, uh, you know, they've thrown the, the league away and then the form has 
you know, hasn't improved. There was there was sort of signs of of it going in the right direction, but uh, you know, it seems to have stalled a bit. And um, you know, again, they they need trophies. They need to be in European football, and it could be the first time. I think it's twenty five years now if if they miss out because they're not going to get there in the league. So they have to win this tournament, and uh, they have to win the Europa League. And I doubt they will. Uh, you know, I I've, I've got an, an eye on, on Villarreal to to um, to to get a something out of it, a draw. Revenge would be sweet for Emery. Well, no, Emery, he doesn't need any more incentive. It is it's his competition. Um, his name should be plastered on there for the rest of eternity, and I think he'll get the job done over Arsenal. They don't instantly with any confidence, but equally, uh, and they haven't won in five at the Emirates, but they they do have the quality yeah, to I, pull it off. They do have the quality. David Luiz um, coming back and then getting re-injured is going to uh, probably affect them. You know, just in those big games, you you want your your experienced players. But uh, they had a good win on the weekend against Newcastle. They they played well. Obama Young's back. You know, so I ex- I think Lacazette will be back for this game. Does as Matty well. Ryan play? I would start Matty Ryan, and uh, you know I know that I'm in not the position to talk about goalkeepers because Mark Swartz doesn't like it when I comment about goalkeepers. But I will have to say that Leno, at, of late, he's a mm. top keeper, Thomas. But he's he's uh, he's let in a couple of goals, and I think Matty Ryan keeping a clean sheet, making some good saves. I think that you need to go with who's performing well, and I think Matty Ryan is, and I think that uh, I think Arteta might start him. Yeah, and and, and it, the situation there, and they need stability. They can't, you know. Lena has made a few mistakes, and and it's cost them. And uh, this game is too big mm-hmm. not to go by form. And and Matty Ryan has, has has been in good form. And yeah, I, I would expect them to go with him. There's a reason why he played Matty Ryan mm. because normally you don't have to rotate your keepers. Mm. You know, especially that uh, you know if you're playing three games in a week, your keepers can back up. There's a reason why he played him, and I think because he wasn't totally happy with Leno. And Matty Ryan played himself, I think, into the starting eleven against Villarreal. Europa League semi-final. This would be a great stage to have an Australian do well and star. And we hope that is very much the case. Friday morning, you'll see all that on Optus Sport. Checking in on the top four race guys in the Premier League, which is where our attention turns to over the weekend. A reminder for you listening on your way home or wherever you are. Leicester City third on 63 points. Chelsea fourth, 61 points. West Ham 58 points, Tottenham 56 points, Liverpool 54 points, Everton 52 points. Coming up this weekend, guys, and then I want to hear what you think the next twist and turn will be in this race. We begin Saturday morning nice and early at 5am. Leicester hosting Newcastle. Leeds host Tottenham in the countdown to kickoff game at 9.30pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. In between that, Sheffield United Crystal Palace. Man City Chelsea 2.30am, which we already spoke about. Liverpool, Southampton, 5.15am Sunday morning. Sunday night kicks off with Wolves against Brighton. Then you've got Aston Villa hosting Manchester United. All eyes on West Ham hosting Everton, 1.30am Monday morning before the round rounds out with Arsenal hosting West Brom and Fulham against Burnley. Twists and turns await. What do we foresee? I don't know. I ended up uh, nearly falling asleep there, Bridgie. After how many games? That's a lot of games, but it's going to be exciting. Yeah, no, it'll be exciting. All I heard was Leeds Tottenham. <laughs> My old club and the team I support. I'm looking forward to watching that. You know what? There's going to be twists and turns, and don't we love it? Because th- this season, probably the relegation battle's not there. The three teams that are down there are going to, I think, will go down. Um, Man City will win the, the, the title. And so that top four is real, really interesting. I, I think West Ham, you know, on paper, they should win their last four games. They've got a nice run in. Yeah, very, very good run in. And, and, and so you go, all right, if West Ham win their last four games, 
will Chelsea slip up? You know, are they going to slip up against a Man City this weekend or a Leicester? You know, and then if Leicester slip up, because don't forget they mm. still got, you know, just like I mentioned, they've got uh, Chelsea, but they've also got uh, Tottenham. Got, yep, and they've got FA Cup final to yeah, worry about as well. Man City. Yeah, so yeah, you know, it's it's not th- done. No, it's definitely not done, and then um, I think there's a bit to play out. And and Tottenham are, are starting to hit some form. You know, we we Bale coming in. The confidence of uh, playing attacking football, they look like a happier group and uh, and that goes a long way into the run-in. And could Liverpool sneak in there? I think, um, you know... Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, what an amazing story that would be because, yeah. you know, it's been a tough year for Liverpool, um, especially with all the injuries they've had and, you know, the, the, the amount of points they've dropped and, you know, where they should have won. And for Klopp to sneak into the Champions mm. League, there'll be, be a big story for him. So the game against Manchester United has been rescheduled for next Friday. So that is a little game in hand, a huge game in hand. But maybe if the title is stitched up by uh, Manchester City by then, that changes the kind of stakes there a little bit in that game. So I think it's all to play for. And I just feel Liverpool let themselves down when they let the late goal in from... The Leeds game yep. Leeds. and the late yeah. goal against yep. Newcastle United. There were two moments where they look back and go, that's four points gone. Too much ground to make yeah. up. I think we joked about the Chelsea City game being a bit of gamesmanship, maybe hiding a few things. But when you look at it in the context of what's coming up, this, the, the, the margins are far too small they for can't Chelsea. Afford, yeah, they can't afford to, to slip up. Mm. Because you, you can't guarantee, and they can't guarantee, they're going to win the Champions League mm. final to qualify again mm. for Champions mm. League. They need to make the top four. Anyone here backing a Leicester West Ham Double to go behind Manchester, the both Manchester clubs. No, I've got West Ham sneaking in. Yeah, looking at their schedule, I, I've got West Ham. I think you know, big hurdle now with with Everton um, at home. Everton better on the road than they are actually at Goodison. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's going to be a physical tight battle that one if they can get past it and looking at the schedule. So they they, it, they can do it. If West Ham sneak in, this is both for for all of you probably. Um, who drops out? Is it Chelsea or is it Leicester? Is Leicester going to have another wobble? Uh, I think we'll know in the next two weeks. I think we'll know in the next two weeks. They've got they've got manageable. Well, no, it's actually you know what I'm mean? in the next two games. Sorry, because they've got manageable games and then come the big six pointers. Yeah. Well, the, the manageable games. I don't know if the in Chelsea, commas, Chelsea games are manageable games. No, before oh, the six-pointers. Yeah, 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 so, like, yeah, this yeah. weekend. Yeah. You see how we managed to body-swerve that answer? Yeah. No, yeah. But very, if, very good. You know, if, <laughs> if they beat Newcastle, Leicester, and, and Chelsea lose to, to yeah. Man City, you know, they're halfway there. So... Because I want you to call. I want you to say, Dave, that Chelsea won't make the top four. I hope it's Leicester <laughs> so I can get my um, bottle of red wine off Luke Wilkshire because he said Leicester will be in the top four. I said they'd have a capitulation again and they've actually done all right over the last done few all right. weeks. I, yeah, th- I, I think it will be Leicester and Chelsea. I, I, I do like the West Ham fairy tale, but I do think it might stay as is. If, if West Ham make it, Tell you what, Moyes would be stiff to get not get manager of the year, but he's up against Guardiola. I just yeah. hope Tuchel doesn't hear Johnny's comments from the podcast about you know Chelsea not winning or doing anything and <laughs> dropping out. Look, I think they'll win something. I just it was just a comment because we're we're great in the media of getting carried away. Oh, uh, we are aren't definitely we going to use this and spin the <laughs> hell out. We we've all played in games where the managers pin something on the yes. wall. So that that's, that's that the <laughs> in Chelsea's. I, I, I don't think Tuchel would know <laughs> who I am. John Aloisi says we can't. You know what? Swartz is just going to print it off. Walk in, stride in, say, 
uh, Cesar, have a look at this, my mate. We're in big trouble. You now. know what? Cesar was probably cleaning my boots at Osasuna. He was the youth team when I was there in the first team. Yeah, so. Too much respect. So he's going, Antonio, Antonio, Rudy, go look at this. I've got this for you. No, he doesn't like Schwartz. <laughs> so that's why Schwartz is going to try yeah, fire him yeah. up. Gents, thanks so much for your time. We've had a great couple of days. Uh, absolute ball. And uh, we've got a little bit of a break, actually, until the Europa League and Champions League finals come up for us. But you know what? We're going to be pacing ourselves. We've got the Premier League running, the Women's Super League final, final round. We've got a pretty big June and July coming up. So rest What's up. happening in June and July, Dev? Uh, I think we're moving in here. See that couch? Yeah. yeah that, that's got your name on it. It's so. all good. I'm glad that we didn't mention the England national team because uh, Bridgie, after seeing Mason Mount this morning and Phil Foden yesterday, he believes and rightly so, that England are going to win the Euro. I'm sticking to what I said. France have got the best chance of winning it. I'm just going to fly under the radar. It's not coming home, and I hope it does. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. Guys, thanks so much for your time. It's been a great week. A great week. And we'll, we'll, we'll be with you again next week with a normal uh, old-school version of the Gang of Pod with our Match Day Edition back for the Europa League final. And uh, as ever, until then, enjoy your football. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.